<coughs> this week's parsha, the Torah teaches us the dinim of Ari Miklat that if someone is a retzach b'shayig, and therefore the girl Adam has a right to kill him, b'chalutz an oynish for a retzach b'shayig, he runs to a near Miklat. How long does he stay in the near Miklat? Ad meis hakayhein hagadol until the kain gadol dies. So as you can imagine. The Kaingadal was a marked man. He had a target on his back. Every single person that was confined to your Miklot was davening that the Kaingadal should die. Because the minute he dies, we're all free. It's a weird dynamic. Mishnah and Makkah says, therefore, the mothers of the Kahanam Gedalim in an effort to curry favor in these people's eyes and prevent them from davening that her little yingle should die, would go around the Yermiklan and give mazain, she would give out food, delicious food, and clothing to the inhabitants of the Yermiklan, and this way maybe persuade them not to daven for her son's death. The Gemara and Marcus asks from a Pusik, why would you be able to daven that he die? Don't you know Kilalas Chinam Leitavai? An unprovoked, undeserved, un you know, un improper curse doesn't happen. If you wronged me and I curse you, there's some power in that curse. If you never did a thing to me in my life, never met you in my life, and I just don't like the way you look and I curse you, the Pasik says, Kilalas Chinam Leitavai. An unprovoked curse will not happen. So the Gemara says, why does the Kahin Gadol, by extension his mother, have to worry about the people davening for his death? He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. So why does, why does their tefillah need to be counteracted? So the Bavli answers its answer, an important answer, which we'll maybe discuss one day. Yushalmi answers, Yisaitistic answer. Yishalmi says, Shani Tfila Meklala. An unprovoked, undeserved Klala won't come. If I give somebody a curse and he doesn't deserve it, he didn't provoke it, that won't happen. But a Tfila, however undeserved, however unprovoked, however un, un, you know, improper and totally off base, a tefillah will happen. That's Yerushalmi's tarets. So Pnei Maish explains in Yerushalmi. Why? Why? Why is it any different than a klala? Why would an unprovoked tefillah happen? Why, why is that fair? Why is that normal? Shouldn't the same rules apply just like an unprovoked klala won't happen? An unprovoked tefillah shouldn't happen either. Who cares if it's in the form of tefillah? Another cash we could ask Yumar and Yuma said back in the Chafs that the Kaingadal, upon emerging from the Kaidish HaKadoshim, davened three prayers. One of the three tefillahs that the Kaingadal davened, and remember, time is limited, it had to be a tefillah Kitsara. Space is limited. So it was such an auspicious moment. One of the three things he davened for is Hashem. Please don't listen to the tefillah of the travelers. That the travelers. They're selfish. 
even though it's in the best interest of the nation to have rain, it's in the best interest of the economy to have rain, it makes their lives slightly more difficult. So in a selfish, provincial, myopic manner, the truckers, Hashem, please don't make it rain. And the Kengadal has to dedicate precious tefillah time when he's coming from the Kodesh HaKadoshim to Davin that Hashem, don't listen to these selfish truckers. Why? Why does the Kengadal feel a need to counteract the selfish prayer? They're selfish, they're wrong, it's just not right. You think Hashem's going to listen to them? Why does the Kengadal at such a valuable time, such an auspicious moment, have to dedicate time to counteract the tefillah of these selfish chazerim. Because well, you don't want your tires getting stuck in the mud, we should starve? The rest of Klai Yisrael should have a drought? Chas v'shalom? Eh! Why does the Kangala need to counteract such a prayer? There's a marsha in Kedushin that's fascinating. There was once a shade that occupied the Pesmedrash of Yankiv Bar-Idi, I think. And this is a really scary shade. It had seven heads. And it basically caused a total shutdown of the Bismadrish. They didn't know what to do. They're at a loss. Then he came up with a brilliant plan. I heard Abaye is coming to town. He told the Elam, no one invite Abaye. Don't invite Abaye to your house. Don't give him a place to eat. Don't give him a place to sleep. Don't give him nothing. What's going to happen is Abaye is going to have to go to Bismedrish. If you're homeless, that's where you go. Until you get an email, the, you have to if they hang out Bismedrish. So, so Abai is going to go to Bismedrish, and then Abai is going to encounter the shade, and Abai is going to daven. The shade will be killed, and, and we will basically corner Abai into getting rid of our problem. Frek the Marsha, how could you do this to Abaye? And same Chanalanes, you're exposing him to such a dangerous thing for your personal benefit, expecting a miracle to happen to him. And the Marsha says, what are you going to tell me? Let's say he succeeds. Well, if he succeeds in davening that the shade be removed, he's going to have to use precious credit from his account in Shemaim. He's going to be menaka his chusim, which means we all have a certain amount of built-up value in Shemaim, and you're going to have to spend that capital on, on getting rid of a shade? That's not right. You're forcing him to spend his retirement money. You're forcing him to spend his schusim on your problem? How is that right, asks the Marsha. Says the Marsha, a massive yisayim. Not true. When you daven, when you use tefillah, it's not a nace. It's not a nace. It's not outside of the bounds of nature. And it doesn't use any schosen. What the Marsha is saying is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created laws of nature. He didn't have to, but he did. For instance, gravity. It's, it's, it's Hashem's gift that this table right here isn't floating away. It's a law of nature. It's a law of nature that water evaporates. So there's a puddle in your steps in front of your house. The next day, it's sunny and goodbye. It's a law of nature. It's not a nace. 
It's the way Hashem created the world. Gravity. And that puddles evaporate. You don't have to dive for it. Don't take away from your schlusim. It's not a nace. It's a law of nature. And that's how Hashem created the world. Saying the Marsha, Marsha is saying that a Baruch created the world, that, that's how tefillah works. Tefillah is not something extra legal. Tefillah is not outside of the system. Tefillah is not a nace. When I ask for a nace, when I ask for it to stop raining in midair, that's asking laws of nature to stop. That's a nace. That's a suspension of teva, and you're going to have to pay for that later from your retirement money. Tefillah is not a nace. Tefillah is a fact of nature. And therefore, the Marsha says it was perfectly within their right to expose Abaye to such danger. He'll daven. Davening will work, and it won't be a nace, and he won't take away from his chosim. Tefillah is a force of nature that can be relied upon. And that's the pshat in the Kain Gadol, and that's the pshat in our parsha. You know why the Kain Gadol needed to daven to counteract the tefillah of the wayfarers? You know why the Kain Gadol needed to waste precious tefillah? Why? Why would Hashem listen to the, to the truck drivers? Why would Akash Baruch listen to the Ivory Drachim? They're selfish. They're wrong. They're, they're pigs. The answer is they use tefillah. And I don't care how wrong it is. It's a force of nature. And a force of nature, no matter how wrong it is, has to be reckoned with. And therefore, and therefore, HaKadosh Baruch, the, the Kain Gadol needs to counteract their tefillah. Because otherwise it would work, no matter how wrong it is. Because tefillah is a force of nature. And that's why the mother of the Kain Gadol had to give and bribe the residents in the Irmikla. Don't daven that my kid should die. I, it's disgusting. Why would Hashem listen to such a tefillah? Because tefillah works. Tefillah is a force of nature. And with this, Rebchaim Knievsky wanted to answer another Gemara. The Gemara in Bracha says that Rameyer's wife corrected him. Don't daven that the Rishayim should die. Daven that the Rishayim should do tshuva. How, asks the Velt, can I daven that you do tshuva? I'm davening to Hashem. Hashem's not in charge of tshuva. Hashem can't get involved in that. Who are you davening to? Who are you davening to? You're davening to the Shalom that he should make someone do tshuva. Hashem doesn't get involved in that. The Rebchaim Knievsky brings Chazanish in the end of Arachayim, in the last page of Arachayim, there's a couple of verter in the back. The Chazanish says that tefillah is a force of nature. Hashem won't get involved, but another human can. And just like says the Chazanish, if I want you to do something, I could physically compel you, I could beat you up, I could point a gun at your head, I could threaten you with your job, and you're going to listen. doesn't matter how mad you are, it doesn't matter how wrong I am. If I threaten you with violence, you're going to listen. If I threaten you with your job, you're going to listen. Says the Chazanish, tefillah has the same effect. Tefillah has the same effect, Chazanish is saying the same you said. That tefillah is not a special favor from God. Tefillah is not extra legal. Tefillah is a force of nature. And just like when I punch you in the head, right or wrong, it's effective. It gets you to act a certain way. Tefillah is a force of nature. And that, says the Sefer HaEkrim, is really the Pshat and Tefillah. That if I asked Rebbe Nishom, this guy's sick, make him not sick. I understand, there's Shem made him sick. 
You're asking Hashem to stop making him sick. The Torah says tefillah has within it the kayach to change things physically. Tefillah is a force. And this is a massive insight that we learn from this, from this Yerushalmi. Ciao.